Chapter Five of Tom and Some Other Girls by Mrs. George Dehorn Vesey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. First Impressions. Ten minutes later, the journey came to an end, and the girls surged out onto the platform of the country station. A line of wagonettes, cheerfully denominated Black Mariahs by the pupils, was in waiting, and with less confusion than might have been expected, the girls divided into different parties and seated themselves in the carriages marked with their own house colors. Rhoda and her traveling companions, being all blue, were among the first to drive off, each girl clutching the handbag which contained the immediate necessities of her toilet and chattering away at the pitch of her voice square face was evidently the wag of the party and was treated with an admiring deference which seemed to bespeak a position of importance she was professionally addressed as tom and rhoda from her seat opposite read the words thomasina bolderston upon the label of the bag and reflected that she had never heard a name more entirely appropriate to its owner it was at once so ugly so uncommon and so arresting to the memory while tom herself once seen could never be forgotten nor confounded with another girl there she sat the keen autumn air blanching her cheeks and reddening her eyes her arms crossed squarely over her bag her lips twitching with mischievous enjoyment she had but to roll her eyes and the girls went into fresh convulsions of laughter and when at the entrance to hurst grounds she took out her handkerchief and affected to sob the merriment reached an almost hysterical pitch rhoda however failed to appreciate the humour of the joke being inclined to cry in good truth as the grim doorway yawned before her and she caught a glimpse of the chill grey hall so different from the glowing warmth of her own dear home dorothy gripped her arm in sympathetic fashion as they alighted and fell into position in the long line of girls who had suddenly thrown off their hoyden airs and assumed a demeanour of severe propriety the queue wended its serpentine course down the hall itself and across a smaller corridor to the head of the great staircase where stood a lady in a black dress and a cap with lavender ribbons crowning bands of iron-gray hair she was in reality small of stature but she held herself with an air which gave her the appearance of being six feet high at least and as she shook hands with each girl she addressed to her a word of greeting how do you do mary glad to see you kathleen hope you are better ella welcome back carrie and so on and so on occasionally there came a hesitation and the greeting terminated without a name being added but whenever this was the case there was a knitting of the brows which showed distinct annoyance miss bruce evidently took a pride in remembering her pupils and was hard on herself for any forgetfulness when it came to the turn of the new girls she detained them a moment to hope they would be happy before waving them forward with an encouraging smile that's what we call being presented she's the queen and on the next landing are the lords and on the second the commons whispered a girl 
who being herself only in her second term was not averse from posing as a preceptor rhoda lifted her eyes and beheld an array of governesses standing before her shaking hands and welcoming the pupils in their turn some looked formidable and learned some did not some had the orthodox braided locks and spectacles some even condescended to the frivolity of a fringe but one and all bore themselves with a dignity worthy of a foremost position in the newest of all new schools rhoda passed by as in a dream and felt far more interest in the commons who were for the most part young women removed from girlhood by so slight a barrier that there was a tone of comradeship in their voices a sympathetic understanding in their glance the sweetest looking of all was evidently in special charge of the blues and walked by the side of the two new girls as the detachment filed along the endless corridor toward its own apartments you two are sisters no ah well you must pretend you are for a day or two at least until you get over the first loneliness every one feels lonely at first among such a crowd of strangers but it soon passes and we are very happy together you must come and sit with me in my little den sometimes i'll ask you to tea on sunday and you must always come to me if you were in any difficulty in the meantime do as the other girls do and you will get along quite easily you are in the same room wash and get ready for tea at once the gong will ring in half an hour and after that your boxes will have arrived and you will be able to unpack they reached the door of the dormitory as she finished speaking and the girls entered trying not to feel as if they were being introduced to a prison cell or to be duly cast down because they were separated by half the length of the room if we could have been next to each other and just wobbled the curtain occasionally it would have been friendly sighed rhoda sinking down on the solitary chair and gazing forlornly around her new abode a bed a washstand a chest of drawers with a glass on top a small fixture wardrobe and about three yards of space on which to disport her own fair self different quarters indeed from her room at home with its spacious floor its deep bay windows its adjoining dressing-room and bathroom when the curtains were drawn there was a feeling of cramped confinement which was most depressing to the spirits yet as her eye took in one detail after the other rhoda realized that there were redeeming points in the situation small as it was the cubicle was decidedly pretty and blue enough to satisfy the blondest of mistresses blue was the paint on the walls blue the mat on the floor blue and white the coverlet on the bed blue the quaintly shaped china on the washstand she remembered with a thrill of satisfaction that her own bags and cases were of the same hue and took off her hat feeling that she had found an oasis in the desert of life half an hour seemed a long time to prepare for tea when no change of garment was possible but it passed so quickly that the sound of the gong came as a surprise and she emerged from her retreat to find her roommates already filing towards the door thomasina led the way staring at rhoda's locks with an amusement which the girl found it hard to fathom she had brushed out the curling mane with even greater care than usual and was conscious that it was as tidy as nature had intended it should be then why stare and smile 
she could not understand but thomasina only said enigmatically gather ye rosemuds while ye may come on fuzzy and led the way out into the corridor lines of girls were appearing on every side along this corridor along that down narrow flights of stairs around unexpected corners all converging steadily on the central staircase it was like a game of follow my leader and rhoda could not but admire the ease and skill with which tom avoided collision and marshalled her party to its own table in the great dining-hall when every one was seated and grace said the clatter of cups and saucers began and rhoda had her first experience of a school meal well the tea was very welcome and it certainly was hot but somehow or other it did not taste like the tea at home there was so much cup about it perhaps that was the explanation it was quite an effort to get one's lips over the rim thickness seemed to be the order of the day when one looked from the china to the slices of bread and butter piled in the many plates one such chunk would make a meal in itself thought rhoda nibbling fastidiously at the first slice but whether from the fatigue of the long journey or the stimulating effect of companionship her appetite seemed to be unusually keen and when it was finished she put out her hand to take a second slice instantly thomasina's voice rang out in warning stop that fuzzy that's forbidden rhoda stared at her in dignified displeasure my name happens to be rhoda chester congratulate you i'm sure couldn't be sweeter but you mustn't break rules rhoda chester all the same the rule in this school is that no girl helps herself at meals or asks for more or pays any attention to her own plate but if i am hungry if i want more how am i to get it you must rely on the thoughtfulness and attention of your neighbours each girl is supposed to look after those beside her but if she forgets you must starve in silence knowing that you suffer in a good cause i find myself that a slight nudge applied to the elbow just as the cup is being carried to the mouth is a useful and judicious reminder let me press a piece of plum cake upon you miss chester she held out the plate of bread with her squarest smile and rhoda smiled back with a curious sense of elation she questioned herself curiously as to its cause and made the surprising discovery that it was because thomasina had spoken to her and showed some faint signs of friendliness tea over there was another game of follow my leader to the top story of the building this time where all the length of a corridor was lined by baggage with the mysterious addition of a flat wicker clothes basket beside each trunk the house mistress miss everett was flitting to and fro and explained to the bewildered new girls that as the cubicles afforded no room for the accommodation boxes they must unpack upstairs and carry down their possessions to store in drawers and wardrobes for the next hour and a half therefore the curious scene was witnessed of sixty pupils staggering downstairs in turns under the weight of heavy baskets of clothes and meeting with sundry adventures by the way lazy girls gave themselves the usual additional share of trouble by overweighting their load and toppling it over on the floor 
hasty girls tripped on the stairs and collapsed in a heap with a rain of boots falling on their head and pins showering broadcast through the banisters careless girls took a rest to ease aching backs then nipped up the wrong basket and bore it away to reappear ten minutes later puffing and injured and receive indignant reproaches from the rightful owners rhoda worked with a will undisturbed by any such interruptions it was with the unconsciousness of habit that she shook out her silk-lined skirts on lifting them from the box but the rustling sound could not be mistaken and instantly she was aware that the girls on either side were mincing around in affected fashion shaking out their own skirts and simpering meaningly in her direction at the first glance from her eyes they became statues of propriety but she felt their ridicule and catching the giggles of laughter which followed her retreat blushed over cheek and neck in an agony of mortification after all was it appropriate to bring fine clothes to school where the rules of the house were plain living and high thinking was it not better to dress accordingly might not display savour of ignorance of lack of perception of oh horrors of snobbishness itself the new dresses hung neglected on their pegs and rhoda put on a silk blouse with her serge skirt and walked down to supper in mental sackcloth and ashes but here was a pleasant surprise the room was not grey any longer but flooded with rosy light from the pink-hued shades which covered the electric burners the girls too were no longer clad in dark blue as in a uniform but shone forth in blouses of brilliant hues pink blue red and white alternating gaily with an occasional green or yellow to add to the variety there was in the atmosphere an indefinable air of relaxation of rest after labour which added tenfold to the brightness of the scene what if on each plate there was only a morsel of fish not half enough to justify clamorous appetites there was unlimited bread and jam to follow and if cocoa was not the drink of all others which one would have chosen it was at least wholesome and satisfying rhoda ate and was thankful and felt ready for bed even before the summons came several times during the day when her feelings had threatened to become too keen for endurance but pride had forbidden outward demonstration she had cherished a determination to cry comfortably in bed but when the time came she was so sleepy so exhausted with excitement the bed was so unexpectedly sympathetic that she forgot her resolution and snoodling down on the pillow fell swiftly and happily asleep End of chapter five